You are listening to the Life Point Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Drew Meyer. For more information about other Life Point Church resources, please visit www.livethemessage.org. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to share a short message with you this morning. Uh, we have our very own missionaries to Columbia here this morning, and we have water baptism, so we got a full morning. But I want to share a message with you this morning entitled, Jesus Christ, Your Healer. In this series, uh, Full Gospel, that we've been unpacking now for several weeks, um, before I share, though, from God's Word, I just felt compelled during worship to share this. My life verse is this, Isaiah chapter 50, verses 3 and 4. It's a prophecy about Jesus. And here the prophet Isaiah, he sees Jesus as Messiah. He says, this is that prayer of Jesus, of our Messiah. He says, the sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue so that I might have a word to sustain the weary. He wakens me morning by morning to listen like one being taught. He's opened my ears and I have not been rebellious. It's a prophecy about Jesus, but I've adopted that as a prayer for my life. I have one desire. Anytime I I come before you, my desire is to bring you a word that would sustain your soul, that'd be like food for your soul. So my my hope is this morning that you'd be open and receptive to substance for your soul, that God would want to speak something relevant to each and every single person here this morning. A message of hope, that you'd leave here with more faith, with more hope of what God wants to do in and through your life. Amen? Awesome. Awesome. So Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then to the Greek or the Gentiles. This passage, so it's preparing this week, actually lays out a beautiful roadmap of where we have been the last several weeks as we've been in this series called Full Gospel. We have first sought to understand how God revealed himself first to the nation of Israel, to the Jews. As we look at the Old Covenant, the first 39 books of the Old Testament, we see the Old Covenant is extremely relevant to our lives. This is God's redemptive story of him revealing himself to humanity, and he chose to reveal himself first to a nation named Israel, raise up a people to reveal his covenantal relational nature to these people. And he stood before them, he said, hello, I am Yahweh, God, I am your peace. I am your shepherd. I'm the one who's present among you. He gave us all these redemptive names to describe what he is like. But one of those redemptive names we've been highlighting, it's Yahweh Rapha, that God is our healer. This This is one of the ways in which God described himself, revealed himself to the nation of Israel, to the Jewish people. He said, I am Yahweh Rapha. I am your healer. I want to be your everything. I want to be your sustainer. I want to be the one that gives you life. I want you to depend on me. So the question then as we fast forward through the redemptive story is when we get to Jesus stepping onto the scene, would that that testimony continue? And the emphatic declaration of Jesus' testimony is yes, he is Israel's healer. And he said that. He actually, in the passage we, we talked about two weeks ago, he stood before them and he told them that healing is the children's bread. The children of Israel, healing is their bread. And obviously, throughout his ministry, the forefront of it was, yes, authoritative teaching, but also demonstrations of God's healing. He wanted to be their healer. And now we get to the point in God's redemptive story where Jesus swings open the, the, the doors wide for all of humanity. This is really good news to every single person in this place. 
that Jesus didn't just come to save the Jewish people, although he did first come reveal himself to them, but now it's also salvation to us, to those that believe, everyone who believes, Greeks and Gentiles alike, all of us. Amen, that's the good news of Jesus Christ. He says that's the good news, which is salvation, power of God for salvation. So this morning I want us to highlight that word salvation and, and uh, explore that a little bit more. That word salvation is the Greek word soteria. Look to your neighbor and say soteria, I know Greek. You can tell them you know Greek. That's right, you're fluent. Soteria, that word literally means salvation, wholeness. Traditionally it refers to military victory. Salvation. Another related word, which is a root word for soteria, is the word sozo. Sozo means to save, to rescue, to deliver from harm or illness. These words have a, have a depth to them and a fullness to them that I want us to capture this morning. That word sozo, actually in the New Testament, can interchangeably be used literally to save, which for, first and foremost, when we think about God's saving power, it's his saving power uh, as our savior of our sins, amen? That's, he saves us and redeems us and, and wipes us clean, forgives us of our trespasses. He is the savior of our sins. He is the, he is the savior of our lives from an e- eternal judgment. He is those things. But we also see this word sozo literally translated to heal, to be made well. In our 21st century minds, I don't want us to lose out on the full gospel. That This is good news for all, all the entirety of us as, as persons. He came to save and to redeem, to restore, to be made new. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, he says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, to those who are being sozoed, it is the power of God. So obviously we think of how God redeems us in light of a holy God. He redeems us and makes us clean in that passage. But in Acts chapter 14, verse 9, when Paul looks at a man who's crippled since birth, he says, he says this man has faith to be sozoed, to be made well. And obviously then, this lame man is, is healed in the name of Jesus. Sozo, soteria, these words mean the salvation, the redemption of all that you are in your entirety. God comes to rescue and redeem and and set free. He comes to restore. So Jesus is our salvation from sin, praise the Lord. Jesus is our salvation from eternal judgment. This life is but a vapor, and we were singing that this morning. This life is so short. So praise God that we have a Savior, that he is our righteousness, and we stand before a holy God. But there's, there's an aspect of God's saving power that has been far too long neglected. And on my watch and in the, and in the time that God has our church here in this city, I can't let it be that, any, any more, uh, that way any longer. The this third aspect of God's saving power, that Jesus Christ is our salvation from the enemy. You can think of that word soteria and its military victory connotations. That God came to redeem us from the enemy. This is helpful for us as we live out our faith, as we live out our salvation on this planet to begin to discern boldly what is the work of the enemy and what is the work of God. We have it very plainly described to us in living color in the scripture. God comes to restore, 
to, to make new, to redeem. He comes to heal. He comes to set free. He comes to set you on a secure foundation. The enemy, from the beginning, from Genesis chapter three, he comes to confuse, he comes to deceive, he comes to lie, he comes to steal, kill, destroy. That's who he is. Sometimes, though, we sit in this middle ground and we, we seem confused, we seem paralyzed, trying to discern what's of God, what's of the enemy, when really, in Scripture, we see it pretty clearly. If it brings confusion and strife and envy and destruction and death, it is of the enemy, and you can boldly say that. It's of the enemy. This is you growing in your maturity, in your salvation. When it brings life and redemption, newness and healing and strength, it is of God. You can think of your maturing in your salvation as a transformation by the renewing of your mind. And I think it's, it's interesting then to look at you know, the, uh, the armor of God in Ephesians chapter six. How, how the apostle Paul describes the helmet of salvation. Our salvation is like a helmet that rests upon our mind, that protects our head. We place this salvation upon our heads and we, we walk in a daily process of being transformed by the renewing of our minds, growing in our understanding and our discernment of what's of God, what's not of God. You don't have to sit confused. And so the enemy is the author of sin. Yes, you, you can blame God in the sense that he allows things. He is, the, he is the creator of all the universe. But in order for God to truly create love, for him to truly be good and demonstrate his goodness, there has to be then the, the counter of that, the opposite of that. In order for there to be good and love in the world, I'm not trying to get philosophical on us, but just like the creation of light creates the, the uh, opportunity for there to be darkness, if God is gonna create goodness in this world and create love in this world, there has to be the opportunity for the opposite. So yeah, you can blame God, but really, in its truest sense, the enemy is the author of sin and confusion. And at the same time, then, if we dial the story back to Genesis chapter three, the enemy is the author of sickness. There's not sickness in the garden. And as we fast forward to the end of the story, there's no sickness in heaven. Heaven is this place free of pain, free of sickness, free of death. So we have to be able to call like it is as the children of God. God wants to be your healer. Not just in generations gone by. Not just in old covenant history. God wants to be your healer. He wants to be your sustainer. He wants to be your salvation. You have a sure salvation in Jesus Christ, one who rescued you. Look at this passage in 1 John chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. This is the Apostle John's desire for these believers. He says, little children, let no one deceive you. Don't be, don't be confused. Don't sit in that middle ground being undiscerning. Do not be deceived. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous, meaning Christ, as Jesus Christ is holy. Those who, who live out lives of holiness are, are holy. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. He is the author of sin. That's not to say that if you sin, we see prior in 1 John that we all sin, and if you, if you pretend not to, to, be, uh, to be a sinner, then you're just deceiving yourself, you're self-deceived. He says those who practice sin. And to practice sin, you have to sin. You have to be intentional about it. You, you're almost looking forward to it. That's the practice of sin. That is of the devil. 
then he says this amazing statement. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. It's one of the reasons the Son of God appeared before humanity was to destroy the works of the enemy. So yes, he saves us from our sins. He saves us from eternal judgment. But he saves us from the enemy. He is our rescuer. And we can call it like it is. We can be discerning to say when things cause pain in our life, it's of the enemy. It's not of God. He is one who redeems, who heals, who strengthens. We have a rescuer. And my prayer is that you leave here with more faith in the day-to-day, Monday through Sunday, that Jesus Christ is your rescuer. He came to rescue you from the confusion and the pain The muck and the mire of this world, he came to save you. He came to rescue you. You have a rescuer. You have a defender, a sure salvation in Jesus Christ. To illustrate it, I'll bring you back to middle school. Those are painful days, right? (laughs) We're going to talk about pain. Let's go back to middle school. So uh, my first job was at a senior center. I was waiting and uh, waiting tables and, and busing tables and worked with some amazing elderly folk there and Got to work with my older brother. You guys know Pastor Tony. And I also worked with uh, a guy I went to school with named Matt. One day after work, me and Matt got off at the same time. And we were exiting out the back of, of the senior center. I was going to wait for my ride. And, and Matt started, started up a conversation with me. He said, oh, over the weekend, I learned how to do the sleeper hold. I was like, oh, wow, that sounds cool. I watched some WWF. And um, he says, hey, can I try the sleeper hold on you? And I am, it's, I'm to blame. Uh, I'm naive, and I'm like, oh, sure, yeah, you can try the sleeper hold on me. I was just, I was too nice of a guy. And uh, so there we are, behind the building, no one's around, and Matt does a sleeper hold on me. Next thing I know, I wake up behind the dumpster. No joking. I pull myself up from behind the dumpster, and I see Matt riding off on his bike. He's like a block away by that, at that point. Like, I kind of get my bearings, my ride comes, and, and I leave. And later on that day or the next day, I end up telling my older brother about this incident. Not, not like, like a crybaby, but I was just telling him what happened. And the older brother rose up in Pastor Tony. And uh, <laughs> a couple days later, he just happened to have a little run-in with Matt. And I'm not advocating physical violence. I'm not advocating vengeance. <laughs> but he sent a message to Matt that he can't mess with his little brother. I had a rescuer. I had this one who was willing to defend me to my enemy. And you have a big brother, the son of God. God invites us to be sons of God, and we have a big brother who came to our rescue. So anytime the enemy rears his face in your life, in the small things, in the big things, in the big crises, and just the the pains of life, you can confidently, boldly put on your helmet of salvation and declare that you have a rescuer. You have a sure salvation. You have a savior who is your healer every single time. The enemy is the author of sin and sickness. If he wasn't, we would not have Isaiah 53. This entire series is built on Isaiah 53. Surely he's borne our griefs. Griefs are daily life. He carried our sorrows. Both those words, griefs and sorrows, can be translated literally, sickness and disease. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. 
He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. That is the entirety of the atonement of Jesus Christ. That is our daily life. It's not just a future salvation. It's not just the internal cleansing of our eternal souls. But he also carried your griefs. He carried your sorrows. He carried your pain. He carried your sickness. It's by his stripes you are healed. He came to rescue you from the enemy. I have a friend who's, he does, he's a Chi Alpha pastor up in Alaska. He helped pioneer Chi Alpha in Alaska, the, the last frontier. It's an amazing place. It sounds like an amazing place. Pastor Tony got to go there and preach uh, a couple months ago. But he, he talks about the armor of God, I thought, in a really insightful way. He talked about how the armor of God is really all forward-facing. Got the helmet of salvation, but then you have the breastplate of righteousness. You have the shield of faith, the sword, even the, the, the preparation of the gospel peace that, that rides on our feet. It's meant to uh, exhibit forward motion. God did not create us to be retreating in the corner, sucking on our thumb, just trying to survive. And I hope the enemy doesn't notice me over here. Our, our intention as believers that God created us for and destined us for, and he's equipping us for, is to be moving forward, taking new ground, and what Jesus declared is that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. So we're not retreating. We're not just trying to survive. Instead, we can know that we have a sure salvation. We have a savior. We have a defender. He rescued us. And from the moment you, open, or from the moment you encounter Christ, your eyes are open to a whole new way of living. Now it's forward, mo- um, forward motion, forward movement, new ground, taking new ground. I'm not saying that bad things don't happen. I've repeated that every single week because I don't want you to think I'm, I'm preaching some sort of uh, fanciful prosperity gospel. What I'm preaching is the word of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus, which, yes, carries us into tribulations. It carries us into trials and difficulties. But there's a deeper sustaining strength given by the power of Jesus to allow us to be overcomers. So you can be victorious. You can be an overcomer in spite or despite of adversity. Jesus promised us persecutions. But we have a victory every single time. So very quickly, in closing, I'll show you. Jesus didn't leave any gray area for us about where sickness comes from. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, and he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing a few diseases, a few coughs and a a few headaches. Oh no, it says every disease, every affliction among the people. He didn't have a list of those that were acceptable to him and those that were compatible with the kingdom of God and those that were not. He categorized them all categorically, emphatically as of the enemy. And so he, he healed them all, every disease, every affliction. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures, paralytics, and he healed them. Oh, but that was just for Jesus. It was just Jesus' testimony. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Every disease and every affliction present here in this building today. Every disease, every affliction present in this city today, Jesus paid for on the cross. He came to declare that good news. That is the good news of the kingdom. And here is his heart of compassion. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion 
for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So, out of a heart of compassion, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal a few coughs and a few migraines. No, to heal every disease and every affliction. It wasn't just for him. His heart burned with such compassion for the harassed and the helpless, those afflicted, that he called to him some disciples and he said, I'm sending you out with my authority. And God wants to heal you. He wants to heal every single person in this place because just because he loves you, he does. And he declares good news to you. But it's always about more than just you. He heals you, he restores, he redeems, he, he makes new, he gives you strength and he gives you power to then activate you in his mission. So you can go in his authority and proclaim accurately, not in theory, but out of real experience. You experience the power of God in your life. I want to declare that good news to you, my friend. That's what he is calling us to. So to make clear, I'm, and we as a church, we're not emphasizing healing. And as we talk about the full gospel, we're not talking about the atonement and how it, how it includes healing to somehow elevate it above the other aspects of the atonement. But I just feel like for far too long it has been neglected. Therefore, it does need to be elevated to its proper place. Jesus is the redeemer of your soul eternally. He is the one who can forgive you of your sins and save you. But he's also your healer. He is your rescuer. He is your sure salvation. You can stand on Monday morning, you can wake up, and know whatever it is, whatever battle you're in the midst of, if you're in a, a battle with cancer, battle with arthritis, relational battles, anything that causes confusion, pain, affliction, you can know it's of the enemy. And you can say, you can declare with your mouth, I have a sure salvation. I have a savior. I have a defender. I have a victory. I am an overcomer in Christ. Amen? Let's respond to Jesus. If you just bow your heads and close your eyes in this place. Lord Jesus, we choose to respond to you this morning with this simple message, the full salvation that you purchased for us on the cross. It's not just a future day, but you came and declared the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here and now. It's maybe not in its fullest extent to the way it will be established in, in future generations, but God, we thank you that we get to taste and see of your goodness now. We have a testimony of this good news of the kingdom now, and we're, we're so grateful. I pray that we would respond, that we'd, we'd take seriously the responsibility that we have to represent you well in this city, to represent you well to our kids, to the next generation, to our neighborhoods, to our workplaces. We have a responsibility. We choose to respond to truth this morning. We want to be a people, a full gospel people. If you're here in this place and you, you want to respond to Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you're here and you've either never done that or you just know you're not right with God, maybe you've prayed a prayer before in the past, but this morning you know you gotta make things right, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. We do this pretty much every single week because we always wanna give people an opportunity to make a decision. You can pray this prayer 
in the privacy of your home, at any moment as you're driving your car, but I always want to give people an opportunity to make that decision on, on a given morning. So if that's you this morning, you'd say, Drew, yeah, I need, to, I need to get my life right with God. I need to make a decision for Jesus. I want to start a relationship with him. If that's you in this place, if you'd raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Awesome. Awesome. So if you raised your hand, or even if you didn't, there's several that raised their hands, but pray a prayer like this. Lord, this morning I come to an end of myself. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I'm tired of trying to clean myself up and produce just some, some good works. Lord, this morning I come to an end of all that. I surrender all that I am to you as my Lord and my Savior, as my Master. No turning back. I'm following you, Jesus. You're my everything from this day forward. In your name, amen. I do want to give an opportunity for those in this place that have, have a, a pain, a sickness in their body, an ailment of any sort. Would you just raise your hand just as a declaration of faith and we're going to pray for you? Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. It's not awesome that you have that in your body, but it's awesome that you're raising your hand in faith as Jesus is your Savior. So, Lord, right now, we declare over these ones who have raised their hands that multiple cirrhosis be gone in the name of Jesus, that migraines be gone in the name of Jesus, Arth arthritic pain be gone, sleepless nights, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts in the name of Jesus be gone. It doesn't belong here. It's of the enemy, and we boldly declare that this morning. Faith in you, Jesus, as our sure salvation, as Yahweh Rapha, our healer. We declare that over every situation, every hand raised, that, Lord, this morning you're doing the miraculous. You're healing bodies. You're making things right. You're restoring. You're redeeming. You're making new, a new creation in you, Father. A taste of heaven this morning, I pray in your name. Amen. Praise God. I heard a testimony just right before the service of, of someone from our church who's pre preparing to go on a missions trip to Nepal, and he had a planter's wart on his foot. It may seem small, but planter's warts are painful. He received prayer last weekend, and God healed his planter's wart. Like, gone. <laughs> Gave me faith, because I was like, I've been living with this planter's wart for years. <laughs> so praise God, and that's just simple, the way God works. I am going to invite... We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information about LifePoint Church, please visit www.livethemessage.org.